Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. As a professional athlete, I've said this time and time again. As a professional athlete, more usually your body is your moneymaker. Uh... That's why you see people like LeBron James, Russell Wilson, they put so much money yearly into their body because they understand that their body is their money maker. If their body breaks down, the money stops coming. Not saying that they're, you know, pressed for money, but your body is your is your money maker. On top of that, whatever sport that you play in, Whatever sport that you participate in, whether that's basketball, football, baseball, soccer, any sport that you are professional in, you have to know the rules of that sport. You have to understand what you can and what you cannot put in your body. This all goes to say, so Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the young stars of the MLB, the one of the stars of the Padres, while he has been out, this year, you know, due to uh, an injury that happened, I believe, in training camp, he hasn't really played. But reports came down yesterday saying that Fernando Tatis will will be suspended 80 games uh, for violating the PED rules or the PED yeah, rules of the MLB. Now, he came out and said that it was an inverted. Uh, he, it was something that he was using with his wing ringworm. Here's the thing. I get that. I get you accidentally put something in your body. You accidentally use something that was against, you know, was against the protocol. I get that. The accidents happen every day. But the thing about, the, but the thing that people have to understand is when you're dealing with as much money as these players are dealing with, and if you go back to my original statement, which is your their body is their money. You have to know what you are and what you're not putting in your body. You have to. I don't. I don't care if you pay someone to 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 just tell you what you can or cannot do. But this is a mistake that cannot happen if you play for, for a professional sport. The same thing would happen to DeAndre Hopkins. Not saying that people are judging, but imagine what the what the Cardinals would look like with DeAndre Hopkins the first six games, and and imagine what they're going to look like without him because he put something inadvertent in his body. See, the problem with this, though, is this is drastic. And I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins isn't drastic, but Fernando Tatis suspended 80 games is huge for the Padres. You see, the Padres just acquired Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals. And a lot of people thought, while, yes, the Dodgers have a huge lead, the Padres were so star, you know, you have Manny Machado, you have... Juan Soto now, and then you had Fernando Tatis. A lot of people thought that team was good enough to at least vie for for a World Series this year. While yes, they had some making up to do, you still have the young hell. You have three, well, two young stars and a and a established star in Machado. And while no, the Padres aren't the deepest team. Their bullpen's not the deepest. Their pitching's not the best. They also got Hater, which was or Thor, which a lot of people like to call him. Which which made them, this team was, 
on paper. Now, of course, the games aren't played on paper. You don't win World Series. You don't win NBA Finals. You don't win Super Bowls on paper. But on paper, this team was good enough to compete for any for, for the World Series, which is why it was so important for Tatis to come back because, while yes, you still have Juan Soto, you still have Machado, you still have Hayter, you <laughs> – Tatis is again a young star that would help, and of course you need to make ground with the with the Dodgers. And there's something to say about about team chemistry. Now, again, not all team chemistry is the same. Of course, the chemistry that's in basketball isn't the same that's in baseball. But you want to be you want to be able to play with your teammate. You want to know how your teammates operate, how your teammates play. This is huge. Now saying if it's 80, you know, 80 games means you're probably going to miss the rest of this season plus a little bit of the beginning or the little bit of the, of the uh next season. That's huge, man. Again, I it sucks because of how important he is to his team, which is Fernando Tatis Jr. Not only that, how important he is to baseball. But you have to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're putting in your body. You have to know what you're using. Again, your money maker is your body. Again, not everyone can afford to put millions upon millions of dollars in your body if you're like a Russell Wilson, if you're like a LeBron James. But I, there's a reason why some of the big names like Russell Wilson, like LeBron James, has never been have never gone down with PEDs because they know what to and what they can put in their body. And I also think that there's something that has to be said. You know, I brought in DeAndre Hopkins earlier. It's recently, man, a lot of these players that are coming off of, you know, injuries or that are rehabbing from injuries have been hit with a lot of these PED uses. Now, I'm there's no reason for me to believe that Tatis is not telling the truth when it's the wingworm thing, but <laughs> I just think it's a little coincidental, you know what I'm saying, that this happens while you are away, you know, and while your body's trying to rehab, trying to get back right. Again, especially when you know the Padres are in prime position, especially with you playing that prime position to make the World Series, especially with Juan Soto coming on and uh, uh, and Bell. But this is this is huge, man. This is this is such a blow for the Padres, man. I mean, if we look, let me let me pull it up real quick. If we look at the standings right now in the MLB, the Padres aren't that far from from <laughs> the Padres aren't that far from actually making, you know, making noise and let me see. So, as of right now, the Padres are Give me a second, please. The Padres are second in the NL, NL West. Now, yes, they're probably not going to catch uh, the Dodgers, which is right now 77 and 33, but you are 63 and 51. And when you, again, add somebody like, <laughs> when you add someone like Juan Soto, it's, you're going you're gonna to need, you're, you're going to need time. They they are one two three four five. They're fifth in the in the NL, and they're in a neck and neck fight pretty much with St. Louis. All I'm saying is, man, you have to be careful. I don't think that 
Tatis is going to fall off the map. I don't think it's over with for him. But I do think that you have to be careful. You have to be careful. You, you have to. That's the same thing I said about DeAndre Hopkins. That's the same thing I say about anybody that gets cracked down with PEDs that say it was accidental. And, again, I'm not here saying they're lying. I'm just saying those are accidents that's costing you. I <laughs> Ain't no accident in the world that's going to cost me millions upon millions of dollars because I don't play. Yes, I understand Tatis is going to make up the money probably in endorsements, probably, you know, his next contract. But a hundred million, not, and I'm not saying he's losing a hundred million, but a hundred million dollars. If you if you lose a hundred million dollars, you ain't getting that hundred million dollars back because you lost it. It's it just, man. And this is huge. In my opinion, the Padres at this point, do not have a shot to win the to win the World Series. I think that they'll be. I think they'll be good. Yeah, Juan Soto will still make them, you know, good. So was Manny Machado. So was the pitching. But getting having Fernando Tatis in the lineup puts them put them over the top, in my opinion. Put them on the same level as maybe an Atlanta, as as maybe a a, a, a Mets, a Dodgers. You know, the teams at the top, even if you go over to the AL, I could see them going up against the Yankees or or Houston or Toronto because they have a three man lineup that are arguably top three, top 10, maybe even four top 10, 15 players in all of baseball. That that type of momentum, that type of talent can carry you to wherever the hell you're trying to get to, which is a World Series. So now with that gone and this team being so top heavy, that's kind of like Golden State. Now, I'm not I'm not comparing them to Golden State. We know that. Well, I am comparing them, but not in the sense of, of course, the whole dynasty that Golden State had even, you know, with or without Kevin Durant. But when they had Kevin Durant, that team was so top heavy. You know, it had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. The the. Now, yeah, it had Andre Iguodala, and it had some key bench pieces, but the team was so top-heavy that, as you saw in 2019, once some of the top gets injured, you can't really rely on the bottom because the bottom's not good enough. You know, once Kevin Durant went out, once uh, Andre Iguodala started getting hit with injuries, once Klay Thompson went out, once Boogie Cousins, when he was there, went out, the, it, it, they just it, you saw what happened in the finals with, with Toronto. That team is so top heavy that once the top, you know, once you start losing pieces in the top, mind you, you still had Steph Curry, you still had Draymond Green, but again, it's the team is so top heavy. Same thing with this, same thing with the Padres. Yes, you have Juan Soto now. Yes, you who, by the way, has only been there for what five, six games at this point. You have Juan Soto, you have Manny Machado, but this team is so top-heavy that you take Fernando Tatis, and it's not like Fernando Tatis is just some average player. He's one of the best players of all of baseball. The last few years, we were talking about Shohei Otani, and we were talking about Fernando Tatis. That's how good he is. So you take him out, it's... (laughs) I don't think they have a shot. I I mean, yeah, they'll still be good, but I don't think they have a shot to win the World Series. That's how big this this suspension is. Um, and not to mention, it hurts baseball, too. He's one of the best young players. Again, I just talked about Shohei. You have uh, Vladimir Guerrero. You have Juan Soto. You have 
Hey, uh, Yeldage, there. This that's one. Uh, Andrew, uh, Aaron Judge, that's one of the best young players in all of baseball. Who now we we are not going to see for the rest of the season. It just sucks, man. It really sucks. It really sucks, and it sucks because, of course, you want to see that player play. It also sucks because, I mean, again, to me, this I'm not gonna say. Yeah, I think this takes out uh, the Padres out of the World Series discussion. It's not like you're losing a key, a role player. It's not like you're even losing a, a secondary player. You're losing a star player. And while, yes, you have two other stars, three other stars in Hater, you're losing one of the best players in all of basketball. A go- and, and it's not like you have a sizable lead, and it's not like – your team is just that much better. Again, you still even in the NL, you still you don't have a better record than the Phillies, than the than the the Braves, than the Mets, than the Dodgers. So you still have ground to make up while trying to be competitive. And the Dodgers, by the way, have won ten straight. So just something. It, it just sucks, man. It sucks. But let's move forward. Um, I'm, I'm continuing my divisional breakdown and I wanted to bring on my man, Mike Curry, the host of the Curry in the pot podcast. I will leave his just leave all the links to his podcast in the description below. I wanted to bring him on because I wanted to continue my breakdown and we we are breaking down the AFC East. Now we did this a couple days ago, so we didn't talk about the Zach Wilson injury. Hopefully, it's not as serious as it looked on the field. Um, but I wanted to talk to my man Mike and see how he felt about the division, how we, you know, how we felt about the the new, you know, the 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 how the division shaping up seeing as though this is a new age for the AFC East. Usually, of course, it's been dominated by the Patriots. Um, but now to me and, and to Mike, well, we'll talk about it, but we talk about, you know, Tyreek Hill and the new additions to the, the Dolphins. We talk about what's the ceiling for the Bills. And, and of course, we, we, we get into the Jets and, and how they can improve from, from last year, or how they need to improve from last year. But without further ado, here's my man, uh, me and Mike Curry. And our discussion, our breakdown of the AFC East. So, unfortunately, I got Mike here to talk about the AFC East. And while it is a good division, you know, we got the Bills, we got the the Dolphins. We also have to talk about the Jets. And let's let's get the Jets out the way. First of all, I do want to talk about. And, and let me see, let me, let me, let me, I do want to throw this, you know, bounces off you, Mike. We've heard reports that um, Zach Wilson hasn't had the greatest of camps. In fact, I think the report came out saying that Joe Flacco has pretty much played better than him. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, I can, I don't know. They're not the worst roster, but they're clearly not the best. How am I going to say this? I think that the Jets are going to, if if reports are true, and if you go into the season and Zach Wilson struggles, I think that they're really going to 
start to regret drafting him. Do you do you agree with that sentiment? I guess you can say. Yeah, I could see it like uh, not comparing personalities, but I think they'll like have like some regrets, like when the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, like those type of sentiments, and even the Jets they just drafted Sam Darnold. They might have those same type of sentiments as well. Because I mean, you drafted it. This, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the Jets. So what do we really expect from the Jets? But it's just like, it just seems like history is kind of repeating itself. But yeah, like he he, he wasn't good last year. He had one of the worst completion percentages last year mm-hmm. out of all QBs. I think he had like 55% completion percentage, something like that. But to not have a good camp and to hear that Joe Flacco, of all guys, a guy that I talked so, so much trash about over the years on my show, to hear that Joe Flacco is, is Don't looking crazy. Like is bad. So if you can't beat out Joe Flacco, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Like, you know what I'm saying? What I what I think the problem is now, one thing that's always not always, but one thing that we've said, and this kind of connects to Sam Darnold. We we kind of held out hope. And we were we were hoping that Sam Darnold was better than he put on paper due to the fact of or put on film. Because we know how bad the Jets are as, I'm not going to say organization, because they actually have a pretty good front office. It's just how bad they are as far as the offensive line, as far as the defense, as far as the skill positions. I mean, they've been bad for a break. So we were always like, okay, maybe they're not, maybe he's not as bad as we think. And then I also want to tie Trevor Lawrence into this. Last year, Trevor Lawrence was one of the worst co- starting quarterbacks in the league, but we attributed that to, well, look, he, the, the, we know what's going on with uh, Urban Meyer. You know, it's, there's just a litany of stuff going on with the, with the Jaguars. I kind of feel that this Zach Wilson situation is different because they addressed the, 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 well, they addressed the offensive line. They addressed, they actually have some skill as far as wide receiver, as far as running back. So the fact that you hear that he is not, he's not been good. I think that kind of spells doom. Now it could, it could just be, I mean, if you, if we talking to just, just training camp, I mean, two of might win the MVP, but <laughs> for all the videos they put out, but it's, it's just hard for me to see a scenario where, the Jets, I mean, last year, man, they, what, finished 4-13. and 13. Yeah. I don't think they have to do better than that. Not saying that they're going to be 7 and whatever, but if they finish 4-13 and 13 or close to 4-13 and 13 again and you don't see massive improvement from year one to year two of Zach Wilson, I think – they're going to punt on Zach Wilson sooner than they did on on Sam Darnold. Do you would you do you agree with that? Oh, uh, it's tough to say because this in this particular situation, the QB and the head coach both came in at the same time. Robert Sala, um, the head coach, and uh, Mike Lafleur, Matt Lafleur's brother. I think he came in as the offensive coordinator last year as well. So I think the coaching staff and the quarterback in this particular scenario are going to be tied in together. Because, you know, usually, like, a coach gets a job, but this QB wasn't his guy, so they're going to draft their guy. Or 
you know, or the QB was already here. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it, it's usually like that. But this QB and head coach is, like, married together. So I think that – I think it'll be, it have to be blamed blame on both, to be honest. I th- yeah. I think this is one of those scenarios where I don't know who to blame. Yeah. Because it's – I mean, if you look at the game field, Zach – I was on the record saying Zach Wilson might not be the best choice to to draft so high in the draft. I mean, I watched him live just light up Navy, but I'm just, that's Navy. Navy. Anytime he played a good team or a good defense, they damn near got slaughtered. So I just, it's just hard for me to, to assess what's going on. If things just don't work out, like if, if Zach Wilson doesn't improve kind of like, I think it's different. I think it's different for if Trevor Lawrence doesn't improve compared to Zach Wilson. And I think that that's how they're going to look at it. But I don't, I don't know, man, the Jets, the Jets are, I mean, it's going to be the Jets. (laughs) It's just the Jets. I I think the Jets, I think they will be competitive, but I don't think that will, I think they will be more, let me say more competitive than last year, but I don't think that will necessarily translate in the, you know, win and loss column. I, I I don't foresee that. Like, they were four and thirteen last year. Okay, boom. I think they could be like five and twelve this year, mm-hmm. but but I think they'll be more competitive. But like, yeah, it's just not gonna it's not gonna show the wins and losses at all. Yeah, I, I think that that all hinges on the quarterback and Zach Wilson. And speaking of quarterback, let's move on to the Patriots real quick. we're really starting to see how important coordinators are because I mean, yes, I understand that, you know, who Bill Belichick is. I understand he's one of the greatest coaches in sports history. I get that, but you have to know your limitations. Yeah. I can't you know, wait. you have to know where you're not good at. And I'm not saying, I, of course, Bill Belichick knows more X and O's than me and you combined clearly. But there's a reason why they have coordinators. There's a reason why Matt Patricia didn't work in Detroit. There's a reason why year after year after year, you have one of the worst draft grades. It's like when you have a young quarterback, I don't, I, it was clear that the Patriots were spoiled with the pairing of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Absolutely. Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. So you can't approach it the same way. I am very, I'm not going to say scared because I don't care, but I do think that it's concerning. The fact that it feels like you're going into the season confident in not having a offensive or defensive coordinator, or let me, let's just, let's just speak on the offense, offensive coordinator. And there's already reports coming out that Mac Jones is struggling in the camp. So what how do you how do you see if if it continues as far as uh not having offensive coordinator throughout the season how do you see this season going for the patriots i don't see it going well i mean and when i say well i mean like what we're accustomed to seeing from the patriots i'm saying like you know playoff team i don't think there'll be a playoff team this year i think and it's i never want to you know bet against belichick or hate on belichick but i feel like in this particular instance, this year, I feel like he's kind of biting off a little more than he can chew. You know, not naming an OC, not naming a DC. It's like, okay, like, but 
It's just like <laughs> the math kind of not mathing in this situation. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Patriots already don't have a huge abundance of talent. And, you know, I mean, they never, I mean, I mean, some years they did have talent with Tom Brady, but like some years they didn't have much. And Tom Brady just made it do what it do. You know what I'm saying? But I I don't I don't really see it for the Patriots this year. I feel like there's I feel like this year we're gonna see like that lack of talent finally catch up with them. Like and I and I and I'm not saying like they'll be horrible, but I like I see like nine and eight, like eight and nine type of type of team this year. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm one of the people that's still a little hesitant on how good Mac Jones is. Yeah, and I don't know either because it's like, and I ain't mean to cut you off, but it's like, what was was like last year? He was good, you know what I'm saying? You know, you could say he was the best rookie quarterback last year, but was that Josh McDaniels or was that was that Mac Jones? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Now we don't know who's calling the plays this year. So like, exactly. I don't know. Right. I, I personally don't know. Not to mention, it could be Josh McDaniels. It could be the fact that out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he had by far the best offensive line. He had by far the best running game, by far the best defense. So um, I just, I just, I just, I think it's going to be a tough year for them. And that's, and I think I'm going to put out a hot take. I think this might be Bill Belichick's last year. You can kind of, you can kind of, first of all, in the in in however many years the NFL has has been NFLing, you understand and and Bill Belichick out of all people understand how important a coordinator is. Not to mention the fact that this man has like his sons like littered throughout the tr- the coaching staff. I just feel this might be his last season. I mean, especially if they don't make the playoffs. I mean, what what else does Bill Belichick have to at this point? In my opinion, his legacy can go down at this point, seeing as though yeah, you continue to lose or continue to fall short, at least in the playoffs, or may not even make the playoffs, while Tom Brady continues to do what Tom Brady does. So I, I think this might be his last year, honestly. Uh, to me, it's kind of like, you know how like Greg Popovich and the Spurs were great for so long? It's kind of similar not saying that like Greg Popovich is like you know not having assistant coaches and stuff like that, but it's just like you can only be great for so long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like we're seeing that with the Spurs, and I feel like you know this is gonna be a down year for the Patriots, like no playoffs. So. Not to mention the fact that you know legacy coaches, you know Bill Belichick's Greg Popovich, they don't want to go through no rebuild. And it's hard. I mean, as we we clearly see the Spurs doing it too. I'm really surprised. Yeah. We're I mean, hell, Phil Jackson didn't want to do it with the Lakers. It was just, and you see what happened with the Knicks. It's just they don't want to do that. So I think, I think Tom, I mean, I think Bill Belichick, it might be over with. And I'm the I don't because the division got better, and I, I just don't see the Patriots making the playoffs. Honestly, and that's that's me, and you know, I, I can see them being, of course, competitive as the Patriots, and yeah. they they still have a good units. I just don't, I just don't see it. But a team that made a lot of noise uh, this off season was the Miami Dolphins. Um, they got one, you know, splash player as far as Tyreek Hill. They they made some big moves, of course. Jalen Waddles coming back. Tua hopefully is healthy for this year. Um, what do you see? What 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 do you see 
here's the question. What is the, a successful season to you if you're the Miami Dolphins, in your opinion? I think making the playoffs, um, I would say 10 wins. Like making a, I'd say wild card. I'd say that's successful um, because, you know, we've had question marks about two. I'm sure you had some question marks too. Like, is he really that guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, is, is he really it? You know, like we, like, we don't know. Like, when Brian Flores was the coach, he was urging him to take Justin Herbert. So, like, is Tua really that guy? Um, they got a new head coach. Um, he comes from the Shanahan tree, so I like to see what he does. Um, you know, they got they got some talent. They signed some solid players, you know, Chase Edmonds, uh, Raheem Moster. Um, they got Teron Armstead, the left tackle over from the yeah. Saints. Um, I think a successful season, though, would definitely be playoffs. Um, you know, they, this team has a lot of buzz, a lot of hype. Uh, they might have the most hype around them um, for a team that I've seen in, in quite some time. Like, it's a lot of hype. Like I know, like the uh, like the um, who's getting hype? The Broncos getting some hype. Um, Chargers, hype Chargers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chargers deserve me so. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, but I think successful season. Like they're just like a splash team right now. I don't. I really don't know. I really think it's all on tour. Um, but I think. I think a successful season of 10 wins. I think it'll be cool. I like Jalen Waddle. I know a lot is talking about Tyreek Hill, but what is what is um having a guy like Tyreek Hill? Like Jalen Waddle was sensational last year. I think he could be even better. He could take another step. Yeah. Um, but I really think their success is gonna be contingent on two. Yeah. I think the hype is generated from the Dolphins trying to hype up their quarterback. Uh we know. Of course, his injury history, even dating back to, to college, we know there, there, there's going to be comparisons between him and, and Justin Herbert, seeing as though, you know, his old coach wanted Justin Herbert. Um, and I think that the organization knows that. The organization, of course, we know what's going on with behind the scenes as far as losing draft picks and stuff. So the organization is trying, in my opinion, to boost up their asset. And it's like, hey, we gave you all this talent. We gave you, you know, the, you can't say the offensive line is a problem now because we gave you one of the best offensive linemen in Armstead. You have two of the fastest receivers. We just need you. We have confidence in you. And, and I think that's also important for them to do that, seeing as though they were one of the top teams in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Yeah. So I think that's where the hype is coming from. And I, I agree with you. I think this team is good. Uh, the roster is great. No, mm, this roster is good. I think that they are good enough to make the playoffs. And that would be a success, seeing as though there's still doubts with Tua. I mean, that's actually the biggest reason why people are doubting the, the Dolphins is because of Tua. Um, I'm interested to see how Tyreek Hill fares with yeah. a quarterback that isn't known to throw bombs and throw, you know, deep, deep passes. Do you think that Tyreek Hill, how do I say this? Do you think with Tyreek Hill skill set paired with, I guess you can say from what we've seen so far to his limitations, do you think that Tyreek Hill will be as successful in Miami than that he than he was in Kansas City. Well, I hope so. Considering he's saying that you know two is a more accurate quarterback than Patrick yeah. Mahomes, 
Like, I sure hope so. Like, I don't know if that's hyping up your guy or does he really mean it. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill, um, you know, he had Alex Smith before he had Patrick Mahomes, and he was still solid, uh, you know, with Alex Smith. Uh, you know, he had 1,000 yards, like, his first year with Alex Smith. So, I mean, I don't see why not. But, um, you know, Tua's obviously – you know, Tua can't air the ball out, but he's obviously not going to do it like the Mahomes. But um, – I really, I'm going to say I hope so, the way, because he's been hyping this guy up. Uh, we saw the video, the viral video, throwing like a 60-yard bomb to That's him. all the videos they've been throwing. Is yeah, so, I mean, I hope so, but I mean, this is training camp, so I don't, I watch this stuff, and then it's just like, okay, boom, I don't, you know, trying to get too wrapped around it, because it's not real football yet, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, it's cool that it's happening, um, you know, one-on-one drills and stuff, favor, you know, wide receivers and stuff like that. You know, it makes them look good. Um, but I just want to see it, bro. I, I just want to see it. But I think he can still – I think he'll still be good, though. Tyreek Hill, he's good. You know, Jalen Waddle was good last year. So, yeah. I, I, you know, if you want – if you're going to double one guy, the other guy's going to eat. Other so, guys, yeah. The other guy's going to eat. So, I, he, he should still be good. I mean, they still got, like, uh, Mike Gusecki at tight end. You know, they, the, the offense is still nice. You know what I'm saying? So – I think he'll be good as successful, though. I don't know because, I mean, I said on record, Patrick Mahomes retired. I think he's top five quarterback all the time. Like, that's how I feel. I think he's number five all the time if he retired today. Just off of his talent level. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, you go to Mahomes and Tua, a proven guy to unproven guy. I mean, I, 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 hope, I hope he does well, but I, I don't know. I, I guess that'll be my answer. I don't know. Uh, they say that, you know, the, the NFL more than, you know, they say that NFL is clearly a team sport, which I – the ultimate team sport, which I agree. But you can throw that out the window if you don't have a good quarterback. Like, you, we've seen team – I mean, hell, look at the 49ers. The 49ers – hell, no, forget – look at the Colts. The Colts have a championship-caliber team year after year, but when you keep trotting out quarterbacks like Carson Wentz last year or Phillip Rivers – it's like it doesn't really matter. So I, I agree that this team is very good. This team is good enough. I mean, we've seen flashes last year when they played the Ravens and like damn near dismantled the Ravens. Or, you know, every every time they play the 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 pit the Patriots, it's always a a, yeah. a a great game, even with Tom Brady. So I, I do think that and, and the sentiment is that it, they're only as good as their quarterback. Because if their quarterback just balls out, they have a chance to make some noise. Yeah, um, and the team that everybody expects to make noise this year is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I guess I'll come out and say it. This is my Super Bowl. I knew it. This is my Super Bowl representative of the AFC. This team is loaded. This team has a great... One okay, so the problem with the, that I feel this team had is it wasn't balanced. Their offense would be great, but they don't. Their defense isn't that good, or their passing game is great, but they didn't really have a run game. Or like we saw last year in arguably the greatest game that we've seen in a while against the Kansas City Chiefs, all they needed was one stop, and they couldn't get that. But what do you do? You you get Von Miller, who you don't expect him to be big the entire season, but you expect him to be big in those moments. Uh, you get, you know, <laughs> you get uh, OJ Howard. Of course, you're going to get 
uh, Dawson Knox back, and he's going to be better. You you still have Stephon Diggs, and you just get another year of Josh Allen. I do want to see. I am curious to see how he is without um was it Vrabel? No, without uh, I forgot his coach from last year, but uh, uh Dable. Yeah, yeah, Dayball, Dayball. I do, I do, I am curious to see how he is without him, but yeah, because I think he was real key to his development. Yeah, to me, this is the best roster in in the NFL, top to bottom. Um, of course, you you can argue maybe the 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 I argue Chargers, the Chargers, arguably, but I just and the only reason why I would put the Bills over the Chargers is because of Josh Allen compared to uh. Uh, Justin Herbert but do you think that I'm far off in thinking that this could and should hope that they hope that you know every team I said this uh, before every team's goal is of course the Super Bowl but that doesn't mean it's realistic I think that is realistic for the the Buffalo Bills what say you no that's not a hot take at all bro I I'm not mad at you at all for saying the Bills uh could be the AFC representative. I mean, we look at that how that Chiefs game ended. I mean, what 13 seconds away and a coin flip in overtime, you know what I'm saying? Like things could have definitely been different. Um, yeah, I think the Bills are good. Uh, I like how they picked up Von Miller. Oh, you also mentioned OJ Howard, uh, also picked up Jameson Crowder, uh, Tim Settle, you know Tim Settle from, from Washington. That's a solid pickup, I think. Um, th- this team has the talent, they have all the talent in the world. Um, I think they're probably. I, I think they're going to run away with this division. Personally, um, they probably win like thirteen games. But yeah, I think this is the year. Um, they go all in. You know, signing Devon Miller. Like, it seems to me they really went all in. It's, it it seems to me like this is the year for them. And it's, a couple of teams have done that in the offseason as well. You know, Bengals addressing their offensive line issues. Uh, Chargers going all in with J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, and stuff like that. Um, but I definitely, like, it would not surprise me at all if the Bills were to represent the AFC. I mean, because they they almost did it last year. If they would have won the Chiefs, they would have went on and played the Bengals. And who who knows what would have happened in that game. So, yeah, yeah no, nah, not a high take at all. Definitely not a stretch. I, I could see the Bills among a couple of other teams that represent the AFC. I'm kind of high. I'm actually high on the Bills as well. But I don't, I don't like to get too high on teams too early. That's just me. Yeah. You know me. You know my style. But I – it would not shock me at all if they were to represent that. It wouldn't shock me at all if they won at all, to be honest with you. So. Honestly, and I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I honestly believe that. that there's only a few teams in the league where if they don't win at all, they think it's an unsuccessful season. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Bills, with the moves that they made this offseason, in fact, with the moves that they made these last two, three years, yeah. and how close they've been, seeing as though it's only really been one team that's been their hurdle, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. And as we've seen, the Kansas City Chiefs, at least in the wide receiver side, has gotten weaker. So, yeah. oh, and and defense because well. yeah, you lose Honey Badger. Um, I think that this is their. Year. In fact, I will go as far as to say I believe if now, of course, ifs don't really matter. But if they would have went to the Super Bowl last year, I think they would have beat the the Rams. Um, well, we'll see this year because they play each other week one. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see so I just, I just think that this is, this is their year. They, they made all the right moves. Everything that we've been hearing from reports and camps saying that Josh Allen looks better than ever. I'm like Jesus Christ. I mean, okay. So we'll, we'll see. But before you know, before we go, I have a, 
have a couple things. It can be a team. It can be a player. What is going to be your surprise of the AFC East? Surprise of the AFC East? Yeah, it could be a team, team or player. It could be a team or player. Dang That's a good question, Jay. I wasn't even ready for that one. Ooh. I'll, I'll, you, I'll, I'll, I'll start to give you some time. Okay. I don't, I don't have much. Um, I don't think the Jets are going to be good at all. <laughs> at all. Be real with you. But I do think that I, I want to see. I think they're the most, the, the two most important pieces on this team is Elijah Wood. Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, my fault. Yeah. Elijah Moore. Good year. I think he'll have a good year. And I do want to see um, what Jerome Johnson looks like. Okay. I was very high on Jerome Johnson coming out of FSU. And I thought he should have been arguably top five as far as getting drafted. You had, you know, he, he's going to be a huge part of this team. And Elijah, Elijah, Elijah had a really good year last year. And you're hoping for that, you know, I think he has the talent to be a poor man's, for lack of a better term, Stefan Diggs. Mm. Thing is, though, because we've seen and and there is a correlation. I talked about this on the podcast a couple uh, episodes ago. There's a correlation between a quarterback success and a top receiver. Like you see Josh Allen, not saying it's because of him solely, but Josh Allen got 10 times or drastically better once he got paired with um, Stefan Diggs. Of course you, you have now it's not all Devonte Adams, but you have the pairing between Devonte Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers, And of course, as we know, the relationship they have uh, Jamar chase and Joe Burrow. I just think that Elijah Moore, his his success can kind of be tied. So, like, if he improves a lot, hopefully we see Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson improve a lot. And I think that Jerome Johnson on the defensive side is going to be huge. And, and I think he's going to prove to people why, at least in my opinion, he should have went. He could have went top five or at least top ten, and it wouldn't it wouldn't shock anybody. So that's my, I guess my surprise, I'll say Elijah Moore and Jerome Johnson from the Jets. Okay. Yeah, I don't really got any huge surprises. Um, I think Brees Hall, the running back that the Jets draft is going to be really good. I think that's going to help out um, Zach Wilson, I think, because, you know, he ain't really had, I mean, uh, he had Michael, Michael Carter last year who they drafted in North Carolina. He's cool, but Brees Hall, Brees Hall, he a different breed. Um, and I also think, Jalen Waddle, numbers-wise, is going to have a better year than Tyreek Hill. Mm. Already has that chemistry with Tua. So, I, I mean, that's his guy. I think he's going to have a better year numbers-wise. Not saying he's better. I'm not about to say that. But mm-hmm. I think he have a better year numbers-wise than Tyreek Hill. Okay. And I think we both are in agreement that we think that the Bills are going to kind of run away with this division. I mean, it's – And I, we won't be surprised if the Patriots are back. I'll be surprised if the Patriots are good. How about that? Yes, I'll be more surprised. In fact, hot take. I don't have the Patriots winning more than six games. Ooh, I got them. I got them eight and nine. I got them eight and nine. 
I I just don't I don't like what I'm hearing, bro. I don't. And I, again, I'm not sold on Mac Jones. Hey, I don't think you're wrong for for feeling that way at all. They lost. They 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 they're not good, bro. The talent. The ta- they don't have the talent. And at some point, coaching could you can only do so much with coaching. And I feel like Bill Belichick had his hands full this year. I mm-hmm. I, I think there I think their corners this year are going to be because they're moving Jalen Mills from safety to corner. It's going to be yeah. him. It's going to be Malcolm Butler. Those are their corners this year because they lost J.C. Jackson in free agency. You know, they traded Stephon Gilmore last year. And Man, I, I ain't never seen nobody get elevated so much from one play. Like, Malcolm Butler, Malcolm Butler ain't been good <laughs> since, since that, that play. play. <laughs> like, at all. Which don't give me no type of hope. Again, I want to thank my man Mike for coming on. Uh, again, I'll leave his information in the description below. And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want to pop the podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. At multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. I'm trying to get more people to experience the Unpopular Podcast. So if you can, share, comment, like, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, it, it definitely means a lot to me. And and even if you if you do leave a comment, I always respond or I respond most of the time. Uh, so let's, let's, let's chop it up in the comments. But I do need your help. Please subscribe wherever you listen and watch. And until next time. Much love. Let the band play. Hey. Whichever bitch want it, come get it. I got it. I'm giving. I work. I'm apply. These bitches talking that shit and ain't saying my name. And I can't keep just letting it fly. They got a sub. They got a tweet. They got to go get their hunger for me. If I was still doing broke shit with your broke ass, then your broke ass win won't be. Hey, when I start getting money, I'ma tell you the truth. All the hoes that was hating got their ass cut loose. Bitch, know a little business wanna put it in the news. They'll take it to the net, but I'ma take it to the booth. Give a bitch an inch, she'll take it to the moon. Hoes, let her start a pot and I'ma get a bitch a spoon. Bitch, I'm the one you ain't even the two. You would never be hey, if I wouldn't. Whole lot of fake. Ass, snake ass, backstabbing, hating ass, no money, getting ass bitches. Y'all acting really ungrateful, I'm staying you hoes. I been could've fucked y'all niggas. Whole lot of fake ass, snake ass, cake ass, hating ass, no money, getting ass niggas. I really been spaying you niggas, your girl hate me, cause I been shitting all y'all bitches. I'm the motherfucking pen, pimp, pair of bench, rent, up a trick, daddy's only y'all care by now, nigga. Herkes, these bitches is popping, it's potent, the shit they be tweeting, they gotta be smart. Every nigga favorite, pussy get played with. I'm the type of bitch jealous hoes can't hang with. Next to the head of the bitch, cause I'm flexible, he trying to comfort that dick in my schedule. Ay, on my neck like I'm Betty Ripple Boy stop liking on my place for you get in trouble I don't need a team or a bitch speaking for me when y'all hold step gotta call y'all sorority Hollywood shit cause I'm with all the action ain't your boyfriend you can stop all the acting if you coming for me then you need to come hard if a bitch ain't shaking I ain't doing my job whole lot of fake ass snake ass backstabbing hating ass no money getting ass bitches y'all acting really ungrateful I'm staying you hoes I been could have fucked y'all niggas whole lot of fake ass snake ass cake ass hating ass no money getting ass niggas I really been spamming you niggas your girl hate me cause I been shitting on y'all bitches Listen, whole lot of lame ass, fake ass, hating ass, green ass, pillow, talking ass niggas. I ain't tryna spread none of these little rap niggas. I'm tryna fuck on all they bitches.
bitches. Yeah. I take that back, I fuck all they bitches. Uh, made back, bass out like a cane with switch. Yeah. One thing for sure, hell no, I ain't switch. Uh, two things for sure, I'ma always go, go get it. Yeah. Running back up, up, just like in it. Riding in the yellow thing, you know who in it. Uh, acrobatic trap, nigga, yeah, I flip it. I save my money, don't save these bitches. I know I'm the shit, yeah, bitch, I admit it. Uh, got a GPS on my road to real. Just say like, where you going? I'm going to get it. My bitch just hit me, saying she tired of these. Fake ass, make ass, backstabbing, hating ass, no money, kidding ass bitches. Y'all acting really ungrateful, I'm sparing you hoes. I been could have fucked y'all niggas. Whole lot of fake ass, make ass, cake ass, hating ass, no money, kidding ass niggas. I really been sparing you niggas, your girl hate me, cause I been shitting on y'all bitches. Shitting on y'all bitches.